0: Well, hey, everyone, this is Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break, where we try to help you stop the overwhelm, and you can actually take a coffee break. Today, I am here with Dichelle McVeigh, and we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that is getting our kids to actually enjoy their learning. So, Dichelle, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I really
0: am excited to talk to you today. I know she has got so many great ideas I've just loved watching her um, as we go through you know just the different things you're doing I also just love we'll get to this later but the name of one of her websites is hide the chocolate is that not cool I'm like oh well, yes I do need to hide the chocolate from myself so anyway all oh. right we are <laughs> oh Nutella my daughter fell in love she's in her 30s but she went to study abroad and she fell in love with Nutella over in Germany I think and so
1: it's like okay I, I fell in love with uh-huh. in, in Italy it's uh, yeah uh, it's an addiction
0: <laughs> so okay we are going to be talking about you know how so many of y'all are like Gosh, my kids, they just complain about all this learning. And I wish they loved it as much as I did. So, we're going to talk about some ideas that might be able to help you. But before we dive in, Deschelle, could you just tell people a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, like you said, my name is Deschelle McBay, and I do have a blog where I talk about a relaxed Charlotte Mason homeschool. That's hidethechocolate.com. But I'm also a curriculum creator at uh, Literary Adventures for Kids. Where we create online book clubs, and part of the reason we do that is to get kids excited to read and to enjoy education and homeschooling. And I mean, that's why I got into the business in the first place. Uh, it, It was kind of a natural outgrowth of our own homeschooling. And but I was a former teacher in a traditional school system, so I understand how that works, and especially the transition from traditional learning to homeschooling, which is really just so different, <laughs> so much more fun, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, true. I didn't
0: realize, maybe we've talked about that, that you were a, a school teacher, because I was a public school teacher in another life, so. Anyway. In another, exactly.
1: Seems like a long well, time ago, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: You may have had this, but I had, everyone's like, oh, you can homeschool because you're a school teacher. And I'm thinking after I got into homeschooling, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I had to like completely throw it out and get going again. Did you have a similar experience? Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, I came in with my little lesson plans and my, had my online, but I was literally still using the online planner I'd used at the school I was using. So I had fabulous lesson plans of what we we're going to do. And I think that we were going by nine weeks. And after the first nine weeks, um, everyone was crying. Like we were all crying. I was crying and I was grading papers. And I thought, this is crazy. Why am I doing all this? This is not fun. I thought this was going to be this great joy. We're going to have so much fun. And it was miserable. I literally threw away curriculum after nine weeks. I was just tossing it. I said, we're not going to do this anymore. So yes, I think it's harder for those of us who've probably been more ingrained in the traditional system, Um, especially if you were a teacher or an administrator or something like that, that you know the specific way you were supposed to teach and things that you were supposed to do. And, you know, there were homeschoolers that came into my classroom and they weren't prepared. And I was like, these homeschoolers don't know what they're doing. These kids should be prepared. All of that, I had to just completely, you know, rethink everything about education Um, and, and in a better way. But it took, it was really, really hard. And I think probably a good solid year before I could even be like, okay, let's let's rethink this and let's see how we can all be happy about homeschooling because this was stinky and we're ready to go back to school. <laughs>
0: yeah, at least yes. you had the time to be able to change things and everything. But I think, I agree with you. The homeschool, like the teacher to homeschool is a big transition. But even moms, I think, um they most of them grew up in a traditional whether it was a public or private school traditional format and that's what they're thinking so they come in and they set up their little charts and everything and they think they're a failure because they're not it's not working and a lot of that is because the things they're doing the kids don't like doing anyway and so let's sort of just lead into that area of so I, I know our moms are like how do I get my kids to love learning before we can do that I think we maybe need to step take a step back and think why do you think this is true that the kids don't really enjoy learning
1: so what I think is fascinating is we all and like i said i'm the worst i'm saying this about myself not just not just everybody else but we have these ideas of what education is supposed to look like we may have been homeschooled, uh, we may have been public schooled or even private school but whatever the case was you're sitting in a desk you have books your teacher's lecturing you're doing uh, questions she's grading them he's grading them and you're getting an answer back And some of that is for very legit reasons. Like as a teacher, I, you know, if I have 20 to 30 kids in my class, I can't exactly be like, oh, well, darling, let's redo the whole thing. So that works best for you when I, and I wish I could have, but you know, you had those kids that learned differently and there was, you ended up going to the struggling kids more than you did the other kids. But we had these ideas of this is the way it's supposed to be, because that's what it's set up when you're doing mass education. Okay, so we think that education has to look like that, and if it doesn't look like that, then we set ourselves up for this, we must be a failure, we must not be doing it right, we must not be checking off all the little boxes, and our kid's not going to graduate, they're not going to be successful, and they're going to live in our basement for the next 30 years with their dog and their cat and whatever else, and that still may be happening when they go to public school, but- When we have these ideas in our head, we can't often back off of them because this becomes a very personal issue to us as parents, especially those of us who are taking on the teaching. And I'm going to say moms, because that's mostly what I deal with, but there are a few dads out there too. And we take on this responsibility. And now all of a sudden, if our children don't succeed, we don't succeed. If our children fail, we failed. We failed them. And everything that they do is just a little bit of us. And now all of a sudden, we're just horrible parents, we're horrible teachers, and we're all failing and miserable because we didn't follow this set of rules that we think in our head we're supposed to follow. And it gets very overwhelming for moms. Um, again, I'm going say moms, but it gets very overwhelming for the homeschool teacher because they feel like they have to follow the prescribed rules. And when they go to talk to other people, like parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles or even fellow teachers, whatever, we see, oh, they're doing, they agree, we should be doing it this way. They should be able to take this standardized test and they should be able to make this grade on it. And I remember the first time my daughter took a standardized test, I think she was like in second grade maybe, and our umbrella required them to go and take the test. And she was doing a mastery version of math. And so it was all addition, to you imagine that, all subtraction, blah, blah, blah. So in second grade, she was probably in subtraction. I'm just guessing here, but I think that's what everyone was. And the prob- there were problems about multiplication and division on the test. And she was extremely distraught about that because mom, I'm, I'm just doing it so horribly, I couldn't answer these questions. And I had to literally step back from it and go, but did they ask you questions about Shakespeare? Was there poetry on there? How, were there any Latin derivatives? <laughs> you know, just things like that, the literacy, you are learning, you're just not learning at the set schedule that the system thinks you're supposed to. And that's why I think we get so overwhelmed because we just don't know any differently. And homeschooling is just so different from anything you've done before. You really have to bring out all your rule blanker, no, no rule follower things to, to really come out. And I've discovered that since homeschooling, I am totally not a rule follower anymore
0: <laughs>
1: because of that. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: That is such a great answer because I really, I mean, we, we judge according to what we know. And so, you know, that's what's happening. And I'm always telling moms, give yourself grace and patience, give your kids grace and patience, because you're trying, like you and I, we both had to figure out what was going on. We had to leave that mentality of that public school and I think even as a school teacher it's ingrained even further in you than just attending school so do you have I mean I think most moms can definitely relate to this do you have any suggestions on how they can overcome this mindset that they have or this you know idea of what the perfect school is and what education is as well
1: so yeah and it's really simple in fact, it's so simple that you're not looking at it because um, let's take take a moment and let's think about when you wanted to learn something as an adult, you're no longer in the school system, you're no longer in college, you're no longer in whatever whatever organization you are they're learning, and you just wanted to learn to do something. So let's take, for example, I wanted to learn to decorate caves. Just for a fluke, I wanted to learn to do it. I had no reason for it other than I thought it sounded fun. So I started going to classes. These were classes where we have her cakes and we're learning to decorate and we're hands on and we're doing this. I started watching videos. I started going to Pinterest and looking up all the different the cakes and like, oh, I can do that. And what if I do this? And I learned how to make cakes and actually ended up starting a bakery at one point. Kid you not. Um, (laughs) Making cakes because it was something I wanted to do. And I researched and figured out how I wanted to learn it. I never once said, mm, I'm going to go look at the local colleges around and see if they have any cake classes, and I'm going to get a workbook, and I'm going to do, answer questions at the end, and I'm going to submit it to somebody if they'll grade that for me, please, and then I'm going to get it back, and then I'm going to do some more chapters. Never once did I think about that. I thought about, hmm, what's the easiest and best way for me to learn and how to make this cake? So I think as parents, what we need to do is say, we have this idea of what education should look like because somebody told us this is what education would look like. But when we actually go into the practice of educating ourselves, what do we actually do? And think of it like that with your kids. They don't have to have a workbook and sit down and do 25 problems to prove to you that they read a book. And in fact, this is a big deal in my industry because of literature curriculum. But they always say to me, well, I need a reading comprehension worksheet. And I always say, no, you don't. Because that's not helping your kid to learn that. They're not instilling that in them. They're not comprehending what they're reading because you told them read six chapters and then do a worksheet on it. They're going to comprehend that when they dig in deep to it, when they become a part of the book, when they're reading Charlotte's Web and they're learning about 1950s uh, Midwestern America, when they're learning about what a rural fair looks like, country fair looks like, that's when they're comprehending. So think about it. How would you learn if you're picking up a book to read and you're excited to read about it? How many times have you done a little extra effort to find out about that historical period? If you're going to be reading about World War II, even if it's a romance novel, World War II, you might want to learn a little bit about World War II so you understand that story. So we want to learn we want to change education to the way we learn instead of the way we learn to the educational system that we think we're supposed to supposed to be doing.
0: So good. I love that phrase you said to uh, let your kids, they're not really going to learn until they become a part of that book. And I know for me, when I read a book and I'm so involved in the characters that when I'm not reading it, I'm thinking about those characters and what's going on. And a little worksheet is not going to get you diving into that as well and so um, I would think moms could relate to that or even a movie that you get so involved and in, you feel like you are part of their lives or something and you just continue to think about that and so I just think that's great the other thing you mentioned was like the cake decorating I have been learning. well I'm, I started learning Spanish in elementary school but not very well and my Spanish is still muy mal but that's okay I still I didn't I have not signed up for a Spanish class, I probably should don't tell the Spanish people that. But I do get online, like this morning, I got online and did three little short two or three minute lessons. And we're at the point where I'm listening to conversations and having to answer questions. But that I will tell you, even there sort of like become part of the book. I actually now I'm starting, I don't dream in Spanish, but I will think about Spanish answers as I'm driving or if I see something, I'll think about how I would be able to say that sentence. I'm still very basic, but um, I continue to learn. But I I think that's such a great point. How do you learn right now? It is not by filling out a worksheet or taking a test or something. So thank you. One of the things you say and I love this word is enchantment. So let's move beyond just how do we learn as adults and encouraging this, how could our moms offer enchantment in their learning? I mean, to me, that word just is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I would love my kids to be enchanted with whatever we are studying. So do you have some ideas about how that would work?
1: Okay, so enchantment, when I'm saying that, means um, that little spark of joy, that little thing that you've done in your homeschool today, this week, this month, that got everybody just a little bit excited. It, It changed what you normally do. So when I say enchantment, this is not something you do every day because if it's enchanting every day, it's now every day. (laughs) But it's just this little spark of things that you add in so that your homeschool doesn't become boring. So we're talking about the kids wanting them um, to really become a part of a story. So in some of the ways we do that in our book clubs is we'll add what we call magic dust. And that's just really a hands-on thing. So for example, we're talking about Charlotte's Web a minute ago. You might, if like for example, for us, the fair was uh coming to our town. We still live in a small town with a local, you know, the fair in their county. And so we actually went to the fair, we visited the animals, we saw the pigs, we saw the spider webs, maybe not spiders, we were looking for Charlotte. So we became a part of that. We could understand that because we were in it. Or it could be a, something as simple as you're reading a book and you come up um a, a food that they're eating and you make a recipe of that. You you cook that for dinner or you go to a restaurant and buy that because I'm not much of a cook, but I will uh, I will purchase it for sure. Or it can be even something as simple as like, well, right here, I have a candle right here. As simple as lighting a candle and you could say it's candles and copywork. We're going to do our copywork by candle today. And you put some smelly candle that's lovely. Um, things that we do are like poetry tea time. Get out the tea times. I, I had a poetry tea time yesterday with my Zoom kids and there's about, probably about 30 kids that show up for my Zoom, my live Zooms, and um, all these kids have their teacups, and they have their snacks, and they spent a good solid 20 minutes just showing me their snacks and their tea, and then we read poetry, and they wrote poetry. Now, if their parents had sat down and said, okay, I want you to write a pastoral, pastoral poem, which is what we wrote yesterday, how many of those kids would say, no, no, nah, I'm not into that, I don't want to do that, This sounds awful, I hate to write, but We added snacks, we added tea, we added some fun to it. And now all of a sudden it became enchanting and they wanted to do it because, oh, this is fun, I'm enjoying it, I like it. So enchantment doesn't have to be fancy, it can be very simple. I always say, easiest thing to do, milkshakes, uh, a milkshake Monday or something, you go get milkshakes and maybe you sit at Dairy Queen and you do your math homework while you're drinking a milkshake, something like that, it doesn't have to be a big fancy thing. But if you do want it to be fancy, I totally encourage that because I'm very extra. But <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. It just be, has to be something that breaks up the day. and adds that little bit of joy. Things that when you think back when you're in school, what were the things that you remember about being in school? Because for me, I remember second grade going into the school kitchen and us doing a little experiment there. I don't know why I remember that, but I guess it's because we left the classroom and we went into another thing. And my teacher had us all around all doing this little experiment together in the kitchen. We were not in any kind of lab. We were just in the kitchen. And that was fun. It was exciting for me. And I remember that. And I bet if you think about it, that's what you remember at school. You're not really thinking about all the days you sat in that classroom at your desk. You're thinking about those fun moments where you had that teacher who was exceptional and did something a little fun and a little exciting and made you think about why something works instead of just memorizing it. So that's my idea. That is
0: good. so good. I really like the idea. If it's enchanting, it can't be every day because if you do it every day. But the other thing, Um, And I like poetry, I will tell you as a child or as a student, because this went all the way to high school, I did not like poetry, it was, it was a struggle, I was like, I just couldn't figure it all out. So when I started homeschooling, I didn't want my kids to have that attitude. So I really didn't. It was very laid back Um, when they were young. Every morning before, well, we called it family time. Some people call it morning basket or whatever. It's that hour time and we would always have a read aloud. But to start that time, um, and they'd already had about 20 minutes to get ready for school. During that 20 minutes, they had to pick a poem out of our three or four and they were fun poetry books, and so they would have to practice standing up in front of their siblings and actually just saying it. I never added the T. I think they would have just really loved that as well, but, um, and theirs were always fun and funny. Then I had a chance to read one, and I generally would pick one that's a little more serious, and then we could talk about that as well. The other thing you said is food I say throw food into any lesson and your kids are going to pay attention I promise you my kids are always like oh look mom pulled out the Oreos or whatever and they're like what are we doing you know so thank you for sharing that I love those ideas I always say that
1: snacks make everything better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so
0: i know you have your um, literature book clubs and you've already shared a few ideas as far as that is there anything else you would be able to share with our moms as far as just you know a lot of times kids i in my family i had one child that would read anything loved reading i had another one just certain books and my son didn't want to read anything i was always searching for something so reading what and i didn't read as a kid now Y'all need to know this. All of them are readers now. We all share titles. I'm a reader, so it can change. But do you have any ideas to sort of overcome those kids' negative attitude? Because you've got all these book clubs. I know you're doing some things to really encourage uh, a love of literature, a love of reading. What would you suggest to
1: our moms? So that is the reason why I started Literary Adventures for Kids. Um, I actually had three children. And um, the first one, who was an avid reader, he loved to read just started dwindling and he wouldn't read anything and he was in the traditional school system at the time and it had become this thing. Where he had to read something and take a test, read something, take a test. So he wasn't enjoying reading and reading just became a chore. So he was refusing to do it. Uh, my second child, she was starting to go, I could see the same process. And I was like, mm, we're not going to do this. And that was one of the reasons we pulled from homeschooling uh, to pull to out of public school system into uh, homeschooling. And what, I think parents need to realize about literature and reading is kids are gonna change. There's gonna be some periods in time where they're gonna be like, I don't wanna read anything. I hate reading and that's fine. That's really fine. Let them one, find books that they like, okay? So if that means it's a graphic novel, that's cool. It's fine, we can do graphic novels. I'm not saying every book that your child's gonna read for the next 12 years is going to be graphic novels. They're not, I promise you, they will evolve. But graphic novels can be absolutely fabulous. Um, Let them read books that are younger than their level. Let them read books that are older than their level. Give them that autonomy to pick out some of their books. Now, one of the things we do, especially in our high school, is we have a lot of classic books because, you know, for certain things, parents have to do follow certain umbrella school rules and things like that. And they have to have an American letter or British letter or whatever. So we tried to make it interesting. So we think do things called rabbit trails, and I mentioned magic dust, but rabbit trails are just parallel deep dots. So this really just like where we're talking about a book that was maybe written in 1850s. Um, oh, for example, uh, yes, Charles Dickens, 1850s, we're talking about that one right now. And so we're going to learn about 1850s in London. What was that like? What were the people there like? And that gets us excited to learn about it because now we know we have some kind of history with it whereas before we probably knew nothing about 1850s London Um, we're going to do some magic dust so we're going to pull in some hands-on things like I said maybe it's just cooking something maybe it's playing a game in the book we're doing right now they played parlor games kids don't know what a parlor game is so we dug out parlor games, and they're learning to play these games. So all these different things that you're pulling in, and that can go for any subject. It doesn't have to be just literature. This is just my, <laughs> my thing. But you can pull in science. History, I love to combine with the literature because it's so easy, especially if you're reading classic books. I mean, some all the way back to the 1700s. We read Shakespeare. We go back to um, some of the uh like legends, like Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, those type of things. So we're going back pretty far and learning about those time periods is a really good way to get your kids excited about it. So one autonomy, two, give them some rabbit trails and some fun things. It's gonna be a little bit of work on your part to look that stuff up. I mean, that's why I created my business. So it's not hard on you. So you can always just buy my stuff. But if you wanna do it yourself look up some things to get them a little bit excited about that, you know, have a what we call party school at the end of your book to really celebrate it and get them excited. And the best way to do that is to invite their friends over. So we're going to read a Charles Dickens book. We'll have five or six of their friends reading a Charles Dickens, the same Charles Dickens book. And then we're going to come together and we're going to do some project at the end, or maybe even watch a movie that was made about the story or whatever, and kind of have this fun time. My youngest now is in high school and she's getting so old. But next year I, you know, is where she can do dual enrollment and she wouldn't be meeting with her friends uh for our book clubs anymore. And I asked her, I said, okay, are you ready to give a book? Well, she said, no. I said, but you don't need the credit. And she said, that's okay. We're just gonna do it anyway. <laughs> so her friends have all agreed, they don't need the credit, they're just gonna read books now and meet together for fun. So if you keep doing this, it will instill a love of reading, even if they do hate the book you choose. And that's fine. My daughter's still mad at me for making her read um so a certain book of mice and men <laughs> she got oh. really mad at the end of that how why did you make me read that so yeah <laughs> it's okay to read books they hate <laughs> It's too funny.
0: Well, you know, to me, that sounds like an adult book club. Our neighborhood has a book club. We haven't been meeting the last few months, but during the summer, we were always meeting, and there's a park a few blocks down, and we would actually, at 10 o'clock in the morning, just go sit at the table at the park and talk about whatever the book is, and to me, it was good because it. I was reading some of the books I was familiar with and some of them I wasn't. And some of them were ones I wouldn't have chosen, but I actually enjoyed reading them as well. And so it can stretch you. But um, rabbit trails, I love rabbit trails. I think people in the traditional school setting are like, oh my gosh, we're on a rabbit trail. We got to get back on the main point because they're not going to learn everything they need to learn. And I'm just like... So I had a friend. He te- he's been teaching online homeschool classes since like 2000, and his kids are my kids' ages. And his quote that I remember from him: "He says rabbit trails are the point. They and are." I thought, that is what education is the kids are really learning when they go down that rabbit trail so thank you for saying that and let's just encourage
1: you moms to take that rabbit trail it's actually really good so exactly and that's if you want to talk about reading comprehension that's where reading comprehension comes into play I promise you the rabbit trails they're going to remember that story much further than if they did a 10 question quiz at the end
0: (laughs) well and you know I really did have to search for my son, what books he would read, and I realized Now I wasn't going to give him just junk completely, but, you know, I don't even remember what all he read, but what he loved anything with water, like Swiss Family Robinson, that type of thing, so... Does it really matter if he read Swiss Family Robinson or about the emperor in Rome that I wanted him to learn about? No, he's still going to learn the reading comprehension if there was a writing or whatever else we ended up doing. So, yeah, I think that's good. (laughs) So, Well, I know you've got this whole book club thing going. Can you tell people a little bit about that?
1: Okay, Literary Adventures for Kids, we have book clubs from preschool through high school. And we create what we call an online book club, and it starts with a book. So whatever books we have in there, like I said, we're we're talking about Charles Dickens right now. So we have a Charles Dickens book, but um, we just finished Mary Poppins, Enola Holmes, uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. So we have a wide range. And what we do is we start with a book. And as the children are reading, they're learning their grammar through copywork, through dictation, Um, through grammar apps and things like that, but it's pulled straight from the book. So again, we're pulling this all together. So it's very interactive. They're gonna learn vocabulary from the book. um, And then they're gonna go on rabbit trails. They're gonna do those deep dives to figure out more about the the storyline. They're gonna do the magic dust, which is our hands-on projects. And at the end, they're going to have a writing project. So this writing project will be inspired by the book. So for example, Enola Holmes, was uh, they're writing a mystery story, so the kids have all got their little outlines ready, and they're ready to write a mystery story about some type of mystery. Um, so it's, it just depends on what the book is, but it's always inspired by their book. And then at the very end, we have what we call a party school. So that's where you gather your friends, or you gather your relatives, or whatever. Sometimes it's been just grandma and grandpa and, and the family around, but you have some sort of celebration about the book. So we're not only reading through it and do this, but we're celebrating that we finished the book. We're also celebrating and the kids get to tell everybody about the story. Uh, when we meet with our live book clubs online, that means the kids are all sitting and talking about it. We're working on our writing projects together. Sometimes we meet in person with, um, like I said, my daughter's friends. So those type of things that really get the kids excited, we're giving them all these options of books to read And we're making it fun because we're adding in all these different aspects of learning. Just like you were talking about, you want to learn Spanish because you wanted to learn Spanish and that's how we learn. Or it's just like your adult book club, because as adults, that's how we learn. Why we don't let the kids learn like that, I don't know, (laughs) but that's how we learn. And that's how we have fun. And that's why you as an adult have tried a different book that you may not have tried. And with this, we can have our kids reading things like you know Charles Dickens that they probably are not going to pick up because it's just a harder read for them. It's 1800s British language; it's harder read for them, so they're not going to pick that book up and be a first choice. But it gives them that opportunity to see what that genre is like, what that author is like, and if they hate it, that's fine. We always say it's perfectly fine to hate the book, but they also get the opportunity to really dig in deep on something they may not have tried. And that's kind of what we do at Literature Adventures for Kids. We're just trying to get kids excited about reading and give. A little make it a little bit easier on parents. Like I said, I did all this myself. You can totally do all this yourself. But if you're busy or you have more than one kid or you just don't want to, (laughs) then we give you all the tools you need so that you can do it easily.
0: That is awesome. I really appreciate you sharing about that. Um, I wish that was around when I had my kids. I mean, we had fun. We did girls club. We actually, I mean, there are different times we actually met in person. I remember one of the girls club, it was Greek. Everything was Greek for a semester and they chose the topic. I did not choose ancient Greece, but um, I remember one time they dressed up in togas and had grapes and grape juice and stuff, but I don't remember what it all went with, but this is so good. We will put in the show notes links to the um, book clubs at Literary Adventures for Kids, so y'all can take a look at that, and I will just say, I remember, you can correct me, I know you've got a couple that are free, so people could sort of dip their toe into it, and just see if this is a good fit for you, so I appreciate you offering that as well.
1: Yes, I'm a firm believer in try out a curriculum before you buy it, and with us, we give you an entire uh, book club. So you can really dig in, really see if you like it. If you hate it and it's not your thing, that's fine. You can figure out nothing, but if you like it, then you can pick the books you do want to go with, with your children. <laughs> maybe your children, maybe your children like a different genre than you do.
0: <laughs> that sounds so good. Well, Dichelle, thank you so much for coming and being here with us and just encouraging our moms with some specific tips that they can actually help their kids maybe they may not love learning, but they could move down that little you know
1: thermometer and love <laughs> like it a little more. So, thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate uh, getting the chance to talk to your uh, listeners. I guess I should say, <laughs> listen. Well,
0: <I> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, I am Carrie Beck with Home School Coffee Break, and we'll talk to you next time.